0: Welcome to Teeth Talk on News Radio 680 WPTF, and this show is all about why healthy teeth are essential for great overall health, and to do that, we have to bring in the expert, and that is Dr. Charles Ashley Mann of Charles Ashley Mann Family Dentistry. I'm Jason Kong. Thanks so much for joining us on this Sunday afternoon, and we've got another interesting topic this week, and uh, Dr. Mann, that is sleep apnea. So, uh, we, we hear about this a lot. I think it's becoming... Uh, more and more well known. And, uh, you know, I think people are beginning to understand how important a good night's sleep is and how that sort of radiates throughout a person's health. But let's let's kind of go over what the, the signs and symptoms of sleep
1: apnea are. We know it's funny. Uh, sleep apnea um, is, is very common uh, and it's becoming more and more talked about in the medical field, um, but it's still very underdiagnosed. In america you know there's there's an estimate that 60 million people or more are walking around with sleep apnea undiagnosed in america so that's quite a few people um that haven't been diagnosed now of those 60 million i'm sure some haven't seen a doctor in a while but there are people who are seeing a doctor who have sleep apnea but uh some of the signs and symptoms um are very minor or mild and uh, some people don't even know that uh, they may have some of these signs and symptoms because our bodies are very habitual Um, But but one of the main signs that I tell people is if they have a lack of energy or if they feel sleepy during the day, um, they can't make it through a TV show or a movie without falling asleep. Um, uh, Worst case scenario, they're falling asleep at stoplights or they're they're dozing off while they're uh, driving home in the evening from work. those those are some of the main signs from a sleeping standpoint um the other some of the other signs uh, from a medical standpoint um include high blood pressure um especially high blood pressure that uh, can't be treated with medications it's it's what we call uncontrollable high blood pressure um diabetes um that's uncontrollable uh acid reflux um and uh uh, some of the other symptoms could be a restless leg syndrome, um, where they're moving their legs nonstop or pain in their legs at night, um, uh, constant need for urination at night. Those those are some of the main symptoms in diagnosis from a medical standpoint that sleep apnea could be causing. And um, so that's what I tell a lot of people to look out for um, is, is, is those symptoms.
0: Yeah. And you can kind of understand why. This is kind of goes undiagnosed because I don't know. You wouldn't necessarily associate a lot of the symptoms that you mentioned with sleep apnea. At least that wouldn't be the first thing that would pop into my mind.
1: Exactly. You know, some of the uh, sleepiness issues, for instance, a lot of people just think, "Oh, I'm just tired all the time because I get a lack of sleep. I don't sleep well." Right. Well, you're not sleeping well probably because you have sleep apnea. Um, some of the outward uh, signs that I always tell people uh, to look for. Uh, for sleep apnea is, you know, dark circles under the eyes. Um, we call this venous pooling. Mm-hmm. That's a sign if you look in the mirror and you see dark circles, then that would be a sign. Um, another sign is a, which also could be a medical condition is obesity. You know, if, if your BMI, your body mass index is over a 25 or 26, you inc- increase your chances for sleep apnea significantly, okay? So weight loss can actually you know, uh, 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 solve anybody who is having sleep apnea from obesity, possibly. But um, obesity, again, is is probably one of the main culprits of sleep apnea. Gotcha. And let's, uh, I, I don't know that we did this, but let's, what is the definition of sleep apnea? That's a great question, you know, because a lot of people say, what is sleep apnea? You know, basically, I tell people sleep apnea is when you stop breathing at night um, while you're sleeping. And basically, what happens is the airway the upper airway, uh, the, uh, it it shuts off, okay, and it doesn't allow oxygen to get in your lungs. Well, when oxygen doesn't get in your lungs, okay, your body says, "Hey, you know something's going on." It's like if somebody's trying to choke you, you would wake up. Mm-hmm. Well, your body knows that it's not getting enough oxygen, and so it's sending a message to your brain to wake up and take breaths from deep sleep into light sleep, or sometimes people wake up altogether. You know, um, one of the main things that we hear, especially in men um, with sleep apnea, is is their wives complain of them snoring loudly, very loud, like to a point where they have to sleep in separate rooms. The other thing is, oh, um, my my spouse is waking up choking. Sounds like they're choking and coughing. And um, that's another sign that the airway is closing off. So snoring and waking up choking, that's a major sign that something's going on, especially if you're a loud snorer that is very, very uh, unusual. Most loud snores have sleep apnea. Gotcha.
0: And is this something that develops and worsens over time or, you know, how does, what causes sleep apnea, I guess is the good question. Yeah.
1: And um, what causes it is a number of things. Um, obesity, mm-hmm. for sure, because you're putting a lot of, especially around the, the neck and the circumference of the neck, you're putting a lot of pressure on soft tissue there. And of course, um, when that salt tissue collapses back into the airway and shuts it off, that's when the apneas occur. And so obesity puts pressure on it. Um, some other things that can cause it are actually um, if your lower jaw, um, your, which is, is called the mandible, if that lower jaw is retruded, which means it sits back further than it should normally. Um, that also is a great indication or a great risk factor because you don't have enough room in your mouth for your tongue and you haven't developed the airway properly Um, we've talked about Healthy Start on the program before developing the airway early on in young kids well if those airways step forward to age 45 50 when when, um, sleep apnea is most prominent if those airways were never developed that's when we start seeing sleep apnea the retruded mandible, the the chin that's sitting back and is not out far enough, those are the people that we usually see that have um, the greatest uh, amount of, of sleep apnea. Now, there are different type uh, or different um, forms of sleep apnea, and uh, you have minor, you have mild, or moderate, excuse me, um, and then you have severe. So you have three different types, and we can go into those um, those classifications. Um, minor meaning that you're having um, five to fifteen events per hour, okay, which seems like a lot. Yeah, you know, if you're if you're having five or fifteen in an hour, you're like, wow, I'm stopping breathing or I'm having a hard time breathing, but that's considered minor. Anything below zero to five is considered pre apnea, okay. which means you know you could be having apnea events. Um, so fifteen to thirty is considered moderate. So if you're having fifteen to thirty events. Meaning you haven't stopped breathing 15 to 30 times within a given hour, then that's considered moderate. Anything over 30 is considered extreme or heavy. Right. So, um, and that's basically what the classification is by the American Health Association and the American uh, Medical Association. Gotcha. Well, that's
0: that's very interesting. I, you know, having events like that, uh, basically. M- less than every 2 minutes that sounds uh, very scary to me well dr man we're going to uh, dive into a little bit more on sleep apnea and we're going to tie this all back into uh, why this is important here on teeth talk and we'll do that in just a bit stick around you're listening to teeth talk with dr charles ashley man on news radio 680 wptf Welcome back to Teeth Talk on News Radio 680. WPTF, want to remind you that uh, if at any point you want to get a hold of Dr. Mann and set up an appointment, you can give him a call in the office at 919 462 9338. That's 919 462 9338. Dr. Charles Ashley Mann here with me, Jason Kong, on this wonderful Sunday afternoon. And Dr. Mann, we're talking all about sleep apnea today. And, you know, I've, I've, Know A couple people who have sleep apnea and, you know, anytime we've uh, either gone on vacation or something like that, I, I see them have to break out the CPAP, CPAP. So what is uh, – why don't you explain to everyone what the CPAP is?
1: Well, CPAP is, uh, is the first means of treating uh, sleep apnea. You know, it's been out since the 50s really and it's been treating sleep apnea since then. But basically it's a, it's a machine that produces continuous pressure – or continuous air. And um, the airflow goes through a mass that covers the nose and the mouth. Um, some people have them now where they just cover the nose and not the mouth. And some have just the mouth and not the nose. But um, the goal is to continue the pressure through the upper airway so that that soft tissue doesn't collapse. Once that soft tissue collapses, that's when, of course, you have an apnea event. It closes off your airway. But if you have continuous air going through your upper airway, then it can't collapse. And so you're, you can breathe in the oxygen that you need. The machine itself is not really you know, its goal is not to to feed oxygen to you. Its goal is to keep it so that you can breathe and continue to get oxygen to your lungs. The problem with the CPAP is a lot of people hate it. You're right. Okay. They don't want to wear it. It's very cumbersome. Um, You have a mask that most people find very uncomfortable. There's certain people that get used to it. If you can get over the mask, then you have a cord that's attached to a machine that produces air. So it makes a noise. So people don't like the noise. Um, If you can get over the noise, the other thing you have to get over is that it does dry most people out because Mm -hmm. you have a continuous amount of air flowing through your nose and your mouth. Um, That in turn, um, you know, causes the cotton mouth, the dry mouth that we hear about. And then fourth... Um, you, a lot of people aren't compliant with it because they tend to fall asleep before they get it on. You know, a lot of people watch TV, fall asleep while they're watching TV or reading. You really, once you put the CPAP on, you have to go to sleep. Um, you don't really have a choice because you can't do anything else. Now I'm sure there's some who have managed to read a little bit, but, um, and they have come a long way than, than they, than what they used to be in the fifties. But in general, there's only about a 48 to 50% compliance rate with the CPAP. Gotcha.
0: So, uh, I'm, I'm, this is a, obviously a big problem. It's a big problem. Wearing. Yeah,
1: because if you have been diagnosed with sleep apnea, and so when uh, a doctor has prescribed a CPAP, um, you're basically um, living. If you're not if you're not uh, using a CPAP, you're living with sleep apnea. Now, what happens when you have sleep apnea to your body from a medical standpoint is when you can't breathe, um, it puts pressure on your heart to beat harder because your heart has to get the blood throughout your whole body because your blood carries the most important thing oxygen to all your cells in your body so if you can imagine if you're not getting enough uh, oxygen in your lungs your heart is having to work harder and harder and harder and harder which thus increases the amount of uh, workload on your heart which increases your risk for cardiac event. Causes high blood pressure, and we can see how the things go on. Um, the other thing in some people is it can cause uh, uh, acid reflux. A lot of times when people are closing off, okay, when they gasp or choke, that's usually they're sucking acid up mm-hmm. from their stomach, and it can actually create um, acid reflux. The other thing that we see with um, with with it is it increases your risk for stroke um, because of the high blood pressure. Um, because when you can't breathe, your body goes into what we call a fight or flight. Your sympathetic nervous system stays on, okay? And your parasympathetic, which is what takes over when you're trying to sleep, which is your relaxed state, doesn't get a chance to work. So we see a lot of people who have insomnia, who, uh, you know, their their endocrine system's not working properly, so they have problems with the tiredness that we talked about. Um, they have a problem with depression, Okay, to have a problem with concentration, so a lot of these issues occur for those people who who don't treat sleep apnea.
0: Gotcha. And so, what do you do if? Are, well, are there alternative methods to the CPAP?
1: Alternative procedures
0: or treatments? There are.
1: You know, um, the first thing that we always recommend, and, and sleep physicians in general recommend, is um, once you have been diagnosed. Which let's let's st- st- step back. How do we get diagnosed with sleep apnea? Okay we have to take a sleep study, okay? And there's two ways to do a sleep study. We can go to a sleep center, okay, and we can sleep overnight. And then a sleep therapist and physicians will actually watch you sleep and you're, you're hooked up to about 30 or 40 different cords and then they will monitor and see what uh, kind of sleep apnea uh, or if you have sleep apnea and to what degree you have it. The other way is to take a take-home device so that you can sleep in your own bed. And it's basically almost like a headband that you wear, and you wear it for two nights. And then um, we have them in our office, and we basically give them to the patient. They wear them for two nights, bring them back to us. We download that information and send it to a sleep cardiologist named Dr. Sirkin at ECU. And he actually reads and come and, and, and makes the diagnosis if someone, diagnosis, um, if someone has sleep apnea. Um, so those are the two ways that you can, can be – diagnosed. And once you're diagnosed, the treatment is either a, a CPAP, which we know 50% compliance rate, or the second alternative is a mandibular advancement device. Okay. And that device is an oral appliance that you wear that will keep your mandibular advance, uh, mandible forward. It advances it out. We slowly move it out. We call it titration. So we slowly move the mandible out until it it is um, about fifty percent usually of the maximum amount you can move, you know, move your lower jaw out. And what that does is it allows more room for your tongue, and allows that soft tissue in the back of your throat that's collapsing that causes sleep apnea to stay tight, so it can't, you know, it can't um, uh, get slack and and close off the airway. Um, the the compliance rate for uh, mandibular advancement devices is about eighty five percent. So you can see, only about fifteen percent of the people um, who have them don't wear them, and I think the reason why they're so popular is all the th- the negative things that we said about the CPAP, and someone can travel with them comfortably. They can just put them in their dock kit. Um, uh, they're very durable. Okay, they're very uh, they're able to be clean thoroughly. And just another bad thing about a CPAP is you have a lot of, like, uh, of lines that go to it. If you don't clean them on a regular basis, which most people don't, you can get uh, mold and mildew and stuff like that in those lines. You can't, you can't get that with, with a minor Advancement device because you take it out of your, your mouth and you wash it or you soak it um, in denture cleaner or something like that to, to keep it clean. And uh, so, so, those are, so so those are the probably the big main things about a minor Advancement device and the fact that they're comfortable. They're very comfortable and they work. I always tell uh, my spouses – you know, uh, that come in complaining about, you know, their husband snoring. It's usually the, the wife complaining about the, the husband snoring. We have never had any patient that was snoring to come in our practice that we did a device on that didn't stop snoring.
0: Wow. that That's reason enough to give you a call in the office.
1: <laughs> I mean, no matter how bad it is, we've never had someone that didn't stop snoring. And like I said, most people who are allowed snores have- Sleep apnea. Yeah,
0: that's incredible. That's incredible. Uh 919-462-9338. If you want to schedule an appointment with Dr. Mann, you want to get a consultation, maybe you want to take that uh, uh take-home test and see if you may or you or your spouse may have sleep apnea. 919-462-9338. We will continue our discussion in just a bit. You're listening to Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann on News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Teeth Talk on News Radio 680 WPTF. Jason Kong here with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann of Charles Ashley Mann Family Dentistry. want to remind you, he's got two offices, one in Cary and one in Garner. We'll tell you a little bit more about that later. And you can also schedule an appointment with him anytime at 919-462-9338. And Dr. Mann, we're talking all about sleep apnea today. And it's, it's just fascinating to me how, again, this is, on on uh, the level that I think about it, it's just a sleep issue. But when you get back to it, it's uh, it's something that can be treated through dentistry, and that's uh, you know I, I wouldn't think that that's how something like this gets treated.
1: You wouldn't. That's 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 the thing that um, I, I'm excited about. Is is we tend to see patients more than GPs. And it's just a fact you know, that, that people come in, get their teeth clean on a regular basis. We get certain x-rays that they don't get to see. So we can diagnose it uh, pretty more often, actually, than, than a general practitioner because they're not really taking a lot of x-rays unless you come in with a specific problem. Um, so, so that's exciting. We get a chance to. Um, in my office, we take three uh, D X rays or three D panoramic X rays that allow us to look at the airway, and so we can tell if an airway was is narrow. You know, any airway that's below five millimeters, which we can look on on our panoramic X ray and tell, we we recommend a sleep study because usually eighty to ninety percent of of those airways uh, are, are causing sleep apnea. So, um, you know. In, in in sleep apnea, actually, um, it is not that hard to diagnose. It's very easy once the tests are being done. It's uh, hard to get them to the point where they're going into a sleep center right. because unless the person comes in with high blood pressure that's uncontrollable or something like that, um, it's usually not. Uh, no, one, it, it's hard to get someone sent or agreeing to go to a sleep center. And that's where those take-home uh, head headgear that we give out in our office comes in handy, <clears throat> but this is a medical condition. As you said, you know, even though we do it in a dental office, it is a medical condition. It's not a dental condition. Uh, a dentist can't diagnose it, and that's why we have Dr. Serkin, who is a sleep cardiologist at ECU, read our test and diagnose it. We we can we can actually go through and find the symptoms and recommend the tests, but a sleep cardiologist. Is, is the best person to diagnose um, or uh, any sleep physician for that manner um, can diagnose sleep apnea because it's easy to diagnose.
0: Yeah, well, uh, that's interesting that you say it's uh, a medical condition because that was uh, my next... Uh, thought was okay. Uh, how is this paid for through insurance? was it fall on the, the medical side, or does it fall on the dental side?
1: That's that's a good question. It's a medical condition, so it's filed under your medical insurance. You know, we're a dental office, but we also file medical insurance for our patients. So, mm-hmm. our patients that come in, um, we file everything, even the mandibular advancement device, which is an oil appliance. You would think, oh. It's dental. It has to be dental insurance. Well, no, it's a medical insurance because sleep apnea is a medical condition. So we get great results by filing it through and getting reimbursement for that for our patients who have been diagnosed with sleep apnea. Now, in very severe cases, I always tell people um, who are diagnosed, in very severe cases, those who have not tried a CPAP, most insurance companies will require that they at least try a CPAP for three months. Okay. Don't ask me why. I've had people come into my office and say, "I am not going to wear a CPAP no matter what." Okay. Insurance companies will go and pay for a CPAP, and then three months later, they'll pay for 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 a mandatory advancement device because the person will not wear it. Right. I don't understand why the insurance companies haven't got to the point where they just let the patient decide. Even though they both are FDA approved appliances, the insurance companies are still fighting patients. And to make it even even more, uh, you know unbelievable is the menor advancement device is half the price of CPAPs so it's it's very interesting <laughs> as to why you know they they don't cover them out of the gate um i think it's because the CPAP's been around the longest and most uh sleep physicians um will refer for uh, severe sleep apnea they will refer to the patients to get a CPAP first before they try a advancement device
0: Gotcha. Well, Dr. Mann, I think on Teeth Talk, we need to make it our mission to, to change that. that we seems, need to
1: change it, yeah. Seems
0: like a waste of uh, some good insurance <laughs> yeah. money.
1: It is. It really is.
0: Yeah, well, we're uh, just about out of time here, so I want to remind everyone that uh, if you want to, again, get tested for sleep apnea, you probably want to schedule an appointment with Dr. Mann. Give him a call at 919-462-9338. That's 919 462 nine three three eight he's got two offices one in Cary at 315 east chatham street and the other office is in garner off of highway 70 and dr man uh that just
1: about does it for today what are we talking about next week we're going to talk about six month smiles uh straightening those teeth and six months or less uh for those people out there who who are embarrassed to smile because of crooked teeth and uh Anybody who wants to schedule a free uh, consultation, they can go to SmileMan, Smile, M-A-N-N.com, and they can make an appointment online. And uh, remember, your day will go the way the corners of your mouth turn. So Smile, God loves you.
0: That's right. And I want to remind everyone, that uh, you can catch us every Sunday at 4.30. That's Sundays at 4.30 here on News Radio 680 WPTF. It's Teeth Talk with Dr. Charles Ashley Mann. You can find uh, replays and podcasts of this show at WPTF.com. That's WPTF.com. Head over to the host section and search for Teeth Talk, and all all the uh, programs that we've done in the past will populate there, and uh, we've done plenty of them, and they've been very good. So if you enjoyed this, please check them out. We are out of time on behalf of... Dr. Charles Ashley Mann. I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for joining us this Sunday afternoon on News Radio 680 WPTF.